Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Divorce can cause sleepless nights, and that is a no-brainer. So today, we have got a wonderful special guest for you and a gift for you, this amazing lady, Shay Morrison. She is the co-founder of the successful Australian-based company, The Good Night Co., which is driven by one mission, to help as many people as possible create better days through better sleep. Shay is also a corporate workshop facilitator who provides tailor-made wellness workshops to businesses all over Australia and just listening to Shay's voice and the way she talks and the information she gives you is going to make you feel better and be able to have a little bit of a better sleep. So this is our gift to you guys and I can't wait to talk to Shay and and get her to share some of her goodness so that we can all get better sleep. And also, welcome mum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Hello to see you. Lovely to see you. Hi, Shay. How Hi, are girls. you? Good. How are you? I'm both? very excited for today. Oh, <laughs> I know. I can't tell us. Can't wait. <laughs> now, normally all our podcasts, Shay, are quite legal, practical, step-by-step stuff with lawyers and financial planners and the like. But when I met you recently, I was blown away with just like three things you told me at a cafe and how much it has helped me sleep. And I remember going through divorce and I remember the sleepless nights and thinking, oh, well, there's nothing I can really do about it. But it did, it impaired my function moving forwards through my mediation and court and if I'd known what you had told me the other day, maybe I would have had some better times and an easier time. So I would love for you to first tell us a little bit about yourself and then let's get into some nitty gritty to help our listeners. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, it's, it's such an interesting topic because sleep is often, um, overlooked and we take for granted a lot of the time that sleep is the third pillar of health and it sits right alongside diet and exercise. And if you think about a time when, and and this is generally the time coming into a new year where we want to set new resolutions and make some changes physically, emotionally, whatever that might be, often we'll set off on a path of the goal might be to run a marathon or get fitter or, or whatever that might be. Then we tend to tell everyone around us about it. We go out and sign up to a gym or a personal trainer, you know, start a, a regime of some sort and, and, and get started. And, it's no different for sleep because being the third pillar of health, I would argue that it's probably should be the first and the most important because once you can get your sleep sorted, then everything else seems to fall into place. Because as you would know, you know, when you're when you don't get a good night's sleep, let alone multiple nights of bad sleep, it's really hard to make good decisions. And you feel irritable. You might feel really moody, feel really fatigued, make some poor decisions around all sorts of things, whether that's what you eat, not exercising. Life just feels to feels like it's coming in like a blanket over the top of you. And for a lot of people, they, they hear this and then it maybe makes them feel more stressed, which is not the aim because what we want to do is break that down and provide some really simple tools that you can start to put into practice to to prioritize sleep and to get better sleep. Because if you were to to apply that notion of what I just talked about in terms of telling everybody around you, prioritizing sleep, creating a routine and, and doing the same things that you might do in a fitness style, 
then you're halfway there to getting a good night's sleep. And I tell you what, getting a good night's sleep is a lot easier to do than uh, motivation-wise yes. than it is to go to the gym. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and <laughs> if, if you want to, anyone who's got children can remember those first few weeks home with the baby, How what sleep deprivation can mean mm. to a person. So mm. I heard a good expression it, someone calls it sleep hygiene. Yes. And to me, that elevated the issue of sleep right up there with brushing your teeth every day. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. And to the point, Lynn, around, you know, sleep deprivation and that feeling when you're a new mum, if you have more than 18 hours, so if you've had a period, a stretch of time for more than 18 hours where you haven't slept, it is the equivalent of having a 0.05 blood alcohol reading. So it actually is really serious. So, you know, I think that we do need to, to take it seriously. And the first step in getting good sleep is prioritizing it. So understanding that this is something that you want to do and making the steps forward from there. Tell you what, that key takeaway is having the equivalent of a blood alcohol reading. You do Mm. not want to go to your court. Uh, trial. You do not want to go to your mediation. You don't want to even go and have a meeting with your lawyer with something the equivalent of an like an alcohol red let alone, in your blood. Let alone drive your car to get there yeah. and getting one of those tricky parks. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I can see how really important this is. Mm. So so Shay, I know it's easy for people to say, yeah, we'll get some sleep. And and for those who don't have major drama in their life, their world hasn't been turned upside down. Prioritizing sleep and and getting a good night's sleep might be easier, but. I do know a lot of people who say to me, oh, I I was up at two o'clock and I couldn't stop thinking about the trial or I was up at two o'clock and I couldn't stop thinking about my ex or, or what's going to happen tomorrow. What can what can our listeners do if they're, if they're stuck in that trap of waking up in the middle of the night and worrying? Well, we, we categorised this into three different areas for, we've had this at the Goodnight Code for 10 years and my background is strangely in radio advertising, but I always have had a wellness, a really strong interest in wellness. When I was younger at uni, I um, also studied to become a, a massage therapist and, you know, I'm a, a a marriage celebrant and I'm a meditation teacher. So I have lots of different modalities and understanding the physiology of the body was really important for me. So when it came to understanding sleep, it's I'm just so interested in it. And there's just more and more research coming out as we progress through. So interestingly, sleep wasn't on the map or the radar probably uh, up until at least five or six years ago. And there were still a lot of people walking around many major CEOs of the world, um, wearing sleep as three hours sleep was a badge of honor and saying, I push through and I only get three hours of sleep. We know now through the research that, that if you are not getting regular seven to nine hours sleep, so at least a minimum of six, it's got some major long-term health implications. So when it comes to breaking this down to answer your question, Laura, We break it down into three areas, which is people that are struggling to fall asleep, that might wake up and struggle to get back to sleep, and then people who just wake up and feel really unrefreshed in the morning and like probably sometimes like they've been hit by a freight train. And for some people, they they oscillate between all three of these areas. And if you do, it's completely normal. You know, it's something that we are striving for, but it's also this fine balance of not being too overwhelmed because sometimes we can create more anxiety by stressing about the amount of sleep we get mm. rather mm. than just letting that emotion float through. So if we go and address those three different areas, if you're having struggle, if you're having trouble 
falling asleep, then often it's put into the category that we just haven't gone through the relaxation process. So the, the key thing to falling asleep is that if our body is not deeply relaxed, it's going to be really hard for us to get to sleep and stay asleep. So if you can think back to a time where you felt deeply relaxed, whether that be when you go on holiday, so a couple of days into a holiday, uh, when you get a facial or a massage or you know anything sitting in nature, one of those, the, the feeling of that really deep relaxed state, that's actually what we're aiming for every night. And once we start to work, it's like a like retraining a muscle. When we start to retrain ourselves into that space, we can achieve this. And so, but we need to to tap into that feeling of what does it feel like for me? Because when it comes to all of us, we are completely individual. So all of us have a different fingerprint. This is how I like to think about it. No one's fingerprint is the same. So we are all genetically made up different. So what is happening for you and what is happening for me could be completely different. So really understanding yourself, tuning into your body. We often neglect the fact that our bodies are amazing. They do this amazing job for us 24 hours a day. And when we're sleeping, there is so much going on. It's not like the body is actually shutting down because behind the scenes, all of this amazing work's being done to help recover and heal and remove the toxins and, and do the work that's repair, the repair work that needs so that when we wake up in the morning, we're ready to go for the next day. So we need to understand that first as well and go easy on our bodies and go easy mm. on ourselves because I, once we can tap into that, we feel a bit more compassionate. Yeah, I, I guess what you, I think, I think I've realized like what you've just said there. And a lot of our listeners are, are parents. We know if you put your child to bed and just go, it's bedtime and just oh. put them in bed and they're not going to go to sleep. It took me a very long time to figure out, you know, turn the lights down low, read a story and have a little routine. So the mm. children know our oh, sleep is coming soon and relaxing them so that when I did put them to sleep, they would go to sleep. Otherwise they don't. And if you don't do that routine, they wouldn't. And it would be like a jack in the box out of bed every day. So I guess I've, I never really thought about it. We should be trying to do that for ourselves as well. Mm. And each of my children had a different routine because each of them were different. And so some sleep routines would work for some. And that's, and I, I've, I've just had a massive big wow <laughs> moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it is, it's, it's tapping into that, like you said, Laura, and just working that out. And I don't think it stops when a baby, it's a baby. We talk a lot about babies sleeping, but, you know, as they, they grow into children, I think it's the same sort of thing. And as as we grow, I think a routine is getting your mind mm. ready to go to sleep. So if our listeners today don't have a routine yet, Shay, can you give us like a cheat? A cheat? What 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 do you do before yeah. you get to bed to wind down? Well, I think for this for this area, this area that we're talking about, which is the the trouble falling asleep, is the routine. So so having that routine, establishing it, and being consistent. So the the thing about the routine is you can't try it once and say it doesn't work. It's got to be a rep- repetitive behavior in order for it to to stick and for the body to respond. So I like to to keep it simple. So if you're starting off and you don't have a routine, choose three things. Keep it really simple and it might just take five minutes. So having a warm shower. So having a warm shower helps our body temperature. So when we go into that warm shower and then we step out, it helps the body temperature to drop, which sends a signal to the brain that it's time to get ready for bed. 
It might be that you do your skincare routine. So you might do a beautiful skincare routine that is massaging the the face, which is so close to the brain, which also helps that lymphatic drainage um, happen as well. So it's helping the brain get ready to do its detoxification process. And then doing some simple things like really avoiding screens and devices is key. The golden rule is two hours before bed. Now, for most people, this is not realistic in our day and age, but if you could aim for 30 minutes, then that would be amazing. Replacing the scroll, perhaps with um, listening to a guided meditation, doing some box breathing or reading a real book, getting one of those old school book lamps that attach to the book and using that. Because what I'd love to talk to you about in a minute, Laura, is light and how light impacts sleep. Oh, okay. It's All right. Well, get it. let's let's talk about that then as well because that's important. It is. It is. <laughs> so, yes. And so before we do that, that stop the scroll. I think that ties in with what Mum and I always say to our listeners of setting those boundaries with if you've got a, an mm. ex who's texting you or sending you messages. If you're reading your emails from them or um, you read a document from a lawyer or something just before you go to sleep. You've got no boundaries. So we always say set up those boundaries. You know, nine to five is when you read their messages and nine to five is when you read lawyer letters. <laughs> and, and the thing is that as mums, I, I know, and as working people, you know, the, the time of the day that belongs to you mm. is after the kids are in bed or after dinner's done. And so that might be seven or eight o'clock until you go to bed. So that's when you you can scroll guilt free sort of mm. so it's kind of it's a bad idea maybe you need to scroll at lunchtime yes <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah. so what what about the light Shay what what should we yeah. be doing with light well so this this also sort of dovetails into if you're waking up and you're struggling to get back to sleep as well because I think often what's happening at this point is that people are then getting on their phone as well so they've pro- they've potentially been on this, their phones before they go to bed. They've also uh, been watching TVs, lots of light. So light is the key when it comes to sleep. We have our um, hormone, our sleep hormone melatonin. Um, lots of people would have heard of melatonin. So melatonin lives up here in the pineal gland, up in our, in our brain. And what happens, what we want to happen in an ideal world is that in the morning, so morning is is the key when it comes to getting good sleep surprisingly. So in the morning, we want to get the natural light. We want to get natural sunlight. So a hit of that natural sunlight within an hour or so of waking so that that helps to stop melatonin. So it stops the release of melatonin so that we get that rush of adrenaline and some cortisol so that we can get moving for the day. So this is how our natural rhythm works in a 24-hour cycle. Then when it comes to the afternoon, to the evening time, around sort of that 7 p.m., between 7 and 9, this is when we want to start being in a more relaxed, lower light environment because we want melatonin to release that allows us to feel sleepy. So we are living in these really fast-paced environments where light is everywhere. And I, I think if you look around, I don't know if anyone's, you know, if anyone's done a renovation recently or if you, you go and stay at a hotel, there is light everywhere. Strip LED lighting, LED lights around our, you know, where you t- your light switches. The bathroom mirrors now. The bathroom mirrors, all of it, the, the fairy lights, all of our cars have got lights that light up that when you open the door and, you know, like if, if you start to take notice, it's incredible. Mm. And there's a lot of talk about blue light, but it's actually just light. It's the spectrum of light. Oh, you that's know, interesting. Well, if you think about it, Lynn, you think back to, you know, I remember as a child, 
in the you know late 70s early 80s where we used to have lots of lamps so it was a lot more of a softer light it was a more of a yellow light not the white light that we've got do you Mm. remember that would you think that that was fair Yes. Yeah. I still have lamps and, and it's true. And with the shade on them as well, lampshades, it wasn't like boring into your eyeballs. Mm. Uh, yes. I suffer from migraines. And so light is a, a bit of a trigger for me. So light is the enemy for all of us. Yes. My, those of us with my, so, so my children call me a vampire because we eat in the dark, basically, <laughs> and don't yeah. let anyone turn lights on. So maybe in a, in a way that's a positive. <laughs> so, it is a positive. And, and for our listeners who may be struggling with, you know, a single income at the moment, yeah. turning the lights off is a great way to Budget. save electricity and yeah. save money. I think, didn't they say they used to call mood lighting? Yeah. With, where you could just have a few lamps on. Mm. Yeah. Which is what okay. it is. Yeah. 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 And so we want to get to that state in the evening. So light is going to impact us because it's going to not allow us to feel tired because melatonin is not being released. And then if we're waking up in the middle of the night, um, it's often because probably we've had a lot of light exposure so the body hasn't had time to relax and do the processes. And then if we're waking up and going back onto our phones, then we're not we're we're confusing the body as to whether it's night or day or is it time to get up? Is, am I going to turn adrenaline on now? Like what's actually happening? So we want to avoid that as well. So no reaching for the phone in the middle of the night. Well, Shay, some phones, I think mine does. You can change it to a night mode yeah. when you're looking at it. Is that a bit of a trick, or does it work? It, or is it it's a it's a benefit. It's going to help. But yep. I still suggest absolutely putting a golden rule in place that you are never reaching for your phone. And and to be fair, your phone actually shouldn't be in your bedroom. Yes, except those of us with families and kids who may not be at your house this week uh, or who are getting on a bit and so, might need medical help. I think people do put phones next to their but bed, but we could put it in a box. You've, if you've got a um, real massive issue with sleep, I think maybe you could come up with a way to yes. put it yeah. somewhere, even in the cupboard. In the cupboard or in 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 your room, so just outside your door so you can still hear someone but out of reach so that when you wake up, you're not reaching for your phone. It's a, it's, it's a it's reflex. A, yeah. Mm. So I can see without a doubt and the not only just the effects of the phone on your sleep from light, but I think it is a really important thing when you're going through separation and divorce, uh, scrolling on Insta or TikTok and everybody is putting their best foot forward on social media. There's look how great my life is, look how happy we are, look at the family system. And that can be really harmful when you're going through a divorce, I think, for some of our listeners because they're, they're not doing that. They're, they're going through hell. They're moving house. They're dealing with drama. And so not only is your phone scrolling at night hurting your uh, sleep ability, it's also hurting your mental health in yes. a way. So we do try and say, and, and you know, if you are listening and you're like, I can't put my phone away, you could maybe think about how important the next couple of weeks or months and decision-making that's going to affect your life and maybe weigh it up. And, and like Shay was saying at the beginning, we all make these big goals and plans about I'm going to lose 10 kilos, I'm going to go to the gym every mm-hmm. day. And this might actually help you so much better than mm-hmm. just those little going to the gyms. And I was really interested, Laura and Shay, to hear you say you can't just do it once. So so say you've got court tomorrow or a mediation, you can't go, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing here. I'm going to 
put, I'll have my routine and I'll put my phone away and then I'll sleep amazingly well yeah. and be bright tomorrow morning. That won't work, particularly if you've got something heavy going on the next day. So you do have to keep it going, don't you? And prepare in for the lead up, you know, get it started and then it will come naturally. But you're not going to be able to go to sleep just on one night of it before a big event, I wouldn't have thought. Okay. No. We, we, it's it's almost cumulative mm. is what we're yeah. aiming for. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, that sounds like some definite uh, goals people can be setting for 2024. So what what else can people do, Shay, if they wake up in the middle of the night uh, yeah. and they don't reach for their phone and they're just lying there and all of the thoughts are running through their head? You're invited to our free webinar. Whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling to find your way through the legal jargon and fear of the unknown of the legal process, we are here to empower you to take control. Join us to learn what steps you can take, followed by a live Q&A where you get Lynn, my amazing mum, and family law accredited specialist to answer your questions. All you have to do is go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on Reserve My Seat Chat. We'll see you there. Hurry, spaces are limited, so don't miss out. Register today. So what what else can people do, Shay, if they wake up in the middle of the night uh, and they don't reach for their phone and they're just lying there and all of the thoughts are running through their head? Yeah. So often we we get um, we we often I hear people say I'm I'm I woke up because I was really stressed. Now often we're not waking up because we're really stressed. We, we sometimes we're waking, well, mostly we're waking up because something has triggered that. So there might be a noise, a sound, a disruption, um, a partner, well, there might be a child or, or, or somebody in the bed or something's happened and then we wake up. So so something has triggered us to wake up. It might be that we're taking the wrong medication and and our body's uncomfortable or if we're in a bit of pain or we ate dinner too late or you know, alcohol, we, we had a couple of glasses of wine and, and the liver's screaming out to us, ah, you've just, you know, laid all this extra detoxification process on me. So, so there's normally something that triggers it. Then when we wake up, the minute we wake up, all those thoughts come flooding in, the stress and the anxiety. So then we start to ruminate over all of the things that have happened or they said this and, uh, you know, whatever that might be. And so what we want to do is our as I mentioned before, our bodies are amazing and really smart. And so they start, our body starts to associate our bed as the place that we can't sleep and that we wake up and we don't go back to sleep. So we want to, we want to trick our body into reprogram it almost by not lying in bed. We want to get out of our bed, go and find a quiet, dark spot. So it might be in the, you might have a chair in the corner of your room or it might be your lounge room somewhere where it's quiet and dark and then sit in that spot for probably at least 20 to 30 minutes because we want to get on our, what we call our next sleep train. So we go through these cycles as we're sleeping. So we want to catch the next sleep train. So we want to sit. We could maybe read a book, as I said, with a low light, listen to a guided meditation, do some breathing exercises, or just sit with our eyes closed and then take ourselves back to bed and try going back to sleep. So this is the process because without breaking that cycle, it's going to be very hard to get back to sleep. Mm. Wow. So lying there, letting all your thoughts run through your head is not going to help you get back to sleep. And even if you don't have your phone. So, okay. So you go find somewhere to sit Mm. and just be quiet. And and I know you told me that when we met at a cafe the other day and I have done that. And I think what we met, what was that? 
two months ago, a month yeah. ago. Yeah. And it's worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not lying there in the middle of the night just thinking about a million things. I am now just not waking up. And if I do, I just get up and go back to bed. And it is a lot easier, a lot easier. Oh, that's amazing. So I, I love that tip. I absolutely love that tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else? So for our listeners, they, so they're stressed out, they've got all this going on. There's usually their big life events, Shay, like, and mm. I know you've been a marriage celebrant, so you've seen the other side. It's a big life event to get married. It's also mm. a big life event to get divorced. And it is, it is a huge moment in everyone who's listening's life, whether it's just separation, de facto, divorce, is it unreasonable? Is it a too high of an expectation to think our listeners can get sleep in these times? I think that if you coming back to that prioritizing it and really understanding how powerful it can be for you, I think that you can do it. It's you've got it's almost like sleep training. You really need to train yourself to get it. So a lot of people just expect that we sleep naturally and no one teaches us how to sleep. It's just like a, a given. But we do need to train ourselves. And as I said, each of us are going to have a different way that we respond to it depending on the way in which our bodies work and the way that we're made up. And knowing that stress and anxiety is the number one reason why people are not sleeping, it's then finding some practices to really help regulate your nervous system and cope with the stress and anxiety. I think that that's also the the first step is prioritizing, understanding how stressed and anxious are you and, and where is your support team? You guys are there as part of a support team, but where's the rest of that support team? And and making a plan, you know, actually using potentially a notepaper, you know, a notepaper and pen and sitting down and going, okay, well, how am I going to plan for this? Like you would be planning, you know, to go to court or to go and speak to your lawyer or whatever it might be and putting some boundaries in place. So we also know we because we want to make sure that we're cycling through the different stages of sleep. As I mentioned before, seven to nine hours is what an adult needs to sleep. Matthew Walker, who wrote, um, he's one of the leading neuroscientists. I think his book was Why, Why We Can't Sleep. He, he's got a book, a few different books. He has a brilliant TED Talk. So if you want to get some some more information, I would definitely consider um, Matthew Walker's TED Talk. I'd also look at Andrew Huberman. But if we look at and, um, Matthew Walker, he's pretty brutal in his commentary. And he says categorically that if we are not getting, if we're getting less than five hours sleep, a night on a regular basis, we simply will not live a long life. That's harsh. and But it's the reality. So this is why I'm so serious about it and making this plan and prioritizing it because not only is it going to help you to lead a long life, healthy life, but it's going to help you in this moment. Like this could be the key to having this divorce go the way that you want it to go Mm -hmm. by being in control of how you're sleeping, which sets you up for success. Wow. And, and once you're through it, Shay, it, it's a it's a benefit to you for the rest of your life. You, mm. You've learned how to sleep through this. You'll sleep through anything. <laughs> and it's free. You don't have to go buy a pill. You don't have to go and, you know, join a gym. It's free. You don't need special clothes. Yeah. You don't need, yes, it's, it's self-care. It's now, a really good level of self-care. One of the things that a lot of our listeners are dealing with is the, uh, there's two things. One of them is sleeping in a bed now without their partner. Yes. Um, whether they're excited about that or sad. And that obviously does change 
just the whole way. I remember I always slept on the left side of the bed and had a king bed, like it was huge. (laughs) And then someone said to me once, why aren't you sleeping in the middle? And I was like, oh. So I moved into the middle and I thought that was the best thing ever. But it, it, it is a different way of sleeping with there's no one in the bed with you. And also for those children that are now got two beds in two mm. homes and they're going from one place to the other, they're also, I think, having trouble with sleep. So are there any tips that you can give to our listeners who are dealing with this change of their everyday sleep? Mm, it's it's That's a really good question. And I think that one of the keys here is that if we go back into cave days or right back into history, um, when we were living in a cave, for example, we were in a situation where we were probably in half of our brain. So when, when we go to a hotel or when we go on holidays or whatever it might be, the first night, it's actually a real, a real thing called first night effect, which means that we're in a new environment. So we're on high alert. So half of our brain is in a more conscious state. And this is why we often have a bad night's sleep in a new environment. So it's real. And so this is kind of what you're relating to. Although when children are moving in, in between their houses. It, it's not a new environment, it, it, you know, yeah. that becomes the normal. But our body is still on alert. And the key here is that we want, we need to feel safe. So feeling safe within ourselves and understanding that our body needs to feel safe, that's going to really help in this situation. Because as you said, Laura, like having, having, you know, shared a bed with somebody for years or for whatever period of time and then being alone and and like a child you know if we go back to looking at children they really want you to stay there and and cuddle them for hours they don't want you to leave because that's the safety piece mm-hmm. and so we need to instill in ourselves and for our children and by simply repeating some mantras and going through some different things i am safe so i get my children to do this they i just get them to put their their hand on their heart and just take a breath and say, I am safe. Oh, I am safe. And they can repeat that a few times. And that allows, it's, again, our bodies are really smart and they're like, okay, she's, she's telling me that it's safe. I'm safe. So we're allowing that to happen. And I think that that is a really simple step in itself um, and or creating a little process for for yourself or for your children just doing the little checking that all the doors are locked and you've done you've done that process that could be part of your routine mm-hmm. and then just sitting and saying I am safe so I think that that is a, a key to helping what you're what you're talking about yeah, that's powerful mm-hmm. that's powerful isn't it yeah. and and you know especially if anybody has gone through some really tricky unsafe situations yes. and of course if you do feel like you need to talk to someone because it's triggered you call one at hundred respect mm-hmm. or lifeline or if you're unsafe always call triple zero but i think Telling yourself that you're safe, holding hand on heart, getting children who maybe have been through situations as well to tell themselves they're safe. Even though to me, before I got into mantras, I was like, that's crazy. That's (laughs) talking to yourself. But I do, it does work. Like it's got, it has a power. Words have power. Well, well, especially I think words combined with physical movement. And especially if you say the words out loud, I think it engages all of your senses mm. and, and makes it more real. Absolutely. Movement through the body, so shifting because often what's happening is that 
we have we're, we all have a lot of trauma. There is not, and all of us have varying degrees of trauma, whether that's generational trauma, whether that's current trauma, whatever it might be. And and the trauma often gets stuck somewhere in our body. So we need to move that and and movement, as you're saying, Lynn, moving that through. And so it might even be that you do a little shake off exercise, you know, like just a quick little shake off. Or I love doing um, lymphatic, so you have a, a dry skin brush, and I do a little lymphatic. Okay skin brushing, I do a little face lymphatic thing as well because we're moving we're moving the energy and we're moving the blood flow through our system which helps shake any of that feeling that might be stuck there. Wow. And, and where would our listeners find um, an example of of what little tappings to do and things. They can have a look on my uh, on my Instagram, so Morrison underscore, and I've got a little process um, or I can send, I've got a video that I've done that I can send to somebody and that takes less than, you could do that in under a minute. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, yeah. So what we'll do is we'll put the link to your Instagram because I've seen your Instagram and your videos are great. <laughs> There's fantastic mm-hmm. tips for our listeners and we might send send everybody the details for that video as well and the TED yeah. Talk. We're wrapping it up, Shay. I wanted to say thank you for everything that you've shared today because they, it, it's so hard to get out of your own head and to, to look objectively at what you're doing in your day-to-day, particularly when you're on autopilot. Yeah. But these tips that you've given the listeners today, they're things that are free yeah. that you can do and you can and those changes, if you if you listening today commit to at least doing one of those changes, it could have yeah. a huge effect by the sounds of it yeah. to your life. And mum, when it comes to clients and court mm-hmm. and lawyer stuff. Can you tell the ones that are having trouble sleeping? Yes, my dears. It's better if you can try to have a sleep the night before. So start this routine, I think, a week or two out. Um, start it now. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yes, there are times you ne- you may need to call on some, some deep-seated mm. uh, quiet to mm. enable you to answer a question, consider a proposal, you know, whether or not you're in the witness box at the time. I have been known to turn the light off in the interview room so my client can do a quick breathing meditation um, to get them out of the funk because if you're not rested and essentially going the equivalent of going to court drunk, mm, yeah. um, you're making decisions for your life. And so, you know, it's better for the lawyers that you are calm and ready to roll. Mm. I love the way these things can go on into your life for the rest of your life, yeah. even when, and I hope this for all our people, mm. everything's wonderful again. Yeah. Yeah. And passing on that good sleep hygiene, <laughs> the sleep behaviors yeah. um, to your kids is is mm. is a, something good that can come out of this horrible moment. So, yeah. Shay, um, is there any other way that people can work with you? Yes. So I, well, as you mentioned earlier, I do run corporate sleep workshops, but I do one-on-one coaching and group coaching as well. So all of that information is on on my Instagram. You can find it there, and our website is thegoodnightco.com.au. So there's there is a huge amount of resource, but I'm really happy. I'm so genuine about wanting to help help people to get better sleep because I know how much it helps me every day and I live and breathe it and I can help. I would love to talk to anyone. So if anyone has any questions, just reach out to me. I'm so happy to, to help and just have a chat and see where you're at. That's awesome. Well, we'll give you Instagram. We'll put the link in and we absolutely loved talking to you, Shay. Loved you, it. <laughs> you are so amazing and, and you care deeply about 
um, helping people. We care deeply about helping people. Yes. So it's a win-win. I think that's why You also yeah. have a podcast, don't you, Shay? I do. Sleep by Shay. Sleep by Shay. And Mum and I were, were on your podcast yeah, the other day. Yeah, so, exciting. Um, yeah. If, if you ladies listening today want to go and listen to that episode too, we'll let you know when or that gentlemen. comes out. Or gentlemen. Yes. Ladies or gentlemen. I think yes. just one thing, Laura, just to wrap up in, in summary is that if there are three key things for for somebody who's who's listened today and thought, okay, I need to get serious about this, the first step is just prioritizing, acknowledging and prioritizing it. The second step is making a simple routine um, and that's just a three-step process, committing to that every night and then in the morning, getting up, getting that hit of sunshine and getting that circadian rhythm set for the day that is going to not only increase your endorphins so make you feel happier even in that really stressful time but it's going to help your sleep that night and if you can just do those three things to get started then you're really on your way to success. Wonderful. That's lovely. Lovely. Thank you so much, Shay. Thank you so much thank for your you. time. And thank you as thank always, you. Mum, as well. <laughs> if you found this podcast helpful, we'd love Bye. if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.